You can now hear Tech Actually on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS device. The latest episode is always available for you. No syncing needed, no memory wasted. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Sorry, I just bashed my arm on the desk. Hello, everybody. This is Tech Actually, episode 105 for the 23rd of October, 2010. And God, I think I just did damage to myself. (laughs) That was the most epic nerd fail I've ever seen. You're like, bang. Yeah, you know, these things happen. All right, move on. Get over it. <laughs> I am David McVeigh. I'm joined in studio by Josh Philpott. How are you, Josh? I'm fantastic, man. We are we are Shane free today. Uh, unfortunately, he had to that work. So well, that sounds like you want him to be. No, 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 no. I just meant that he's uh, well. Okay, we are Sans Shane today. How's that sound? Yeah, Sans Shane today because he had to work today. So unfortunately, it's just unfortunately it's just Josh and I. You you won't have yeah. those words of wit and wisdom from Shane. Dave, before we start, <laughs> I've got to say I hate your netbook, and the reason I hate your you netbook, say this every I know single I know week. I know I know but this time I have a good reason. Your thing keeps trying to reset and it won't give me an option to pause it until I'm done with the show. So every 10 minutes, if you see me looking down today, it's because I'm stopping your netbook from shutting down. My question is, if you have your iPad right in front of you, why do you have the netbook? Oh yeah, by the way, everyone, I have an iPad. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, no. Well, uh, see, the, the idea of the iPad was to get rid of the netbook. Well, how would I load a chat? It's Flash. Chat's on the screen right in front of you, dude. Yeah, but I can't type back. Well, talk to them. They like being talked to anyway. Forget them. They like being talked to. I never type to them. Do I never type to you guys? (laughs) Now, just to explain, just prior to the show, I said that our after show is going to be dedicated to Northy. Not Northy, sorry, Delta Knight. And uh, Northy has said, if you sent them another 400 links. And Delta Knight actually apologizes for sending so many emails. Do not apologize. Yeah, we Uh, like emails. We love the emails and we love the links. And in fact, the reason why we're dedicating the after show to you is because I went through your links and went, these are all fantastic, except for one which I couldn't get to load. But they are all fantastic. But they are all so geeky. And not necessarily tech. And so I thought, well, you know what? This is what Geek actually is all about. It's about Geek. So I thought, we'll take all those Geek links and we'll throw them into the after show and they'll give us talking points for the after show. So stick around because the after show is going to be a lot of fun because some of these links are outrageous. (laughs) I think the – and and Delta Knight will know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think the fat sandwich – is probably I don't want to know the grossest thing is, I've seen in a long time and may actually uh, compete with whole canned chicken. So we will get to that in two hours' time, though. So first of all, let's talk about what we're doing here today and what is this show. This is Tech Actually. This is the official tech podcast of the Geek Actually Network. Uh, you can watch us live every Saturday. We start around the 12 o'clock mark today, about 10 past 12. So, you know, we're kind of on track. Um, so every, about, every, about 12 o'clock every week. We start broadcasting just prior to that. Um, but the show starts at about 12 o'clock. We do an hour of tech, an hour of film, and an hour of after show. And I say all those in loose terms because 
film show, the tech show is generally on time. Mm-hmm. The film show generally runs about 15 to 20 minutes long, and then who knows what happens in the after show. Yeah, um, the show is just chaos. It's just chaos. <laughs> it ends what it ends, basically. Sometimes half an hour, sometimes 45. It's been averaging about 45 minutes. So, uh, so stick around. You can find all of these things on iTunes if you just want to listen to the audio. I do recommend coming to the video show like today, for instance. We're going to show a lot of these links. All the links are always in our show notes at geekactually.com. However, sometimes the immediacy of seeing them while we're doing the show is, is fun. So come along. Uh, it's geekactually.com for us live every Saturday. And we also have uh, interaction via a chat room. And Josh has set up a Dropbox. Tell us about the Dropbox. Dropbox is basically, um, if you would like a link to it, uh, please send us an email uh, at feedback uh, at geekactually.com. You can send it there. Yeah. And um, basically, if you guys want to be a part of that, we have a box. We have lots of users that drop things in it all the time, including links, including pictures, including what they do, uh, everything like that. And basically, you can feel free to join in that, drop in your own stuff, and of course, take out other people's. Everything in that Dropbox is available for everything, and we upload at least once a show, a movie, trailer, or video into the Geek Actually folders just so you guys can have something to look at. Cool. Now, I have to have to say that we do have some feedback, and okay, let's make something very clear here. Today is the first time that Josh and I are attempting to do this show paper-free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are using – our show notes are on the iPads. The links are hot-linking in our iPads. We're trying it all. We're using an application, which I think Josh is going to be his pick for yep. this week, so yep, yep, we yep. will come back to that later on. Uh, the point is, though, that because we haven't really had a lot of practice at this, this may be a little rough around the edges. And just to show you how rough around the edges, I actually did print – just our emails, because I thought, Dude. well, no, I thought save us jumping from one application to another until multitasking comes to the iPad. Um, I thought, well, print the emails. But, of course, what did I fail to print? The email I want to read right now. Right. So, well done. So we're doing really well. Anyway, I will say that the email came from Actress Pilgrim. So if you know who you are. Um, he said that he's just. Re- I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Sure know who he is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this completely because I don't have the email in front of me. But basically, he said he's just discovered the show. He's really enjoying it. He's having a lot of fun. Oh, cool. And he sent us a link to say that he has further evidence to support the whole robot apocalypse thing. And so I thought we should uh, have a look at this real quick. It's a Gizmodo article that he brought up. I'm just going to put my iPad in front of me. That basically says that scientists have actually created robots that can lie. Which is fantastic, because, I mean, like, the one thing that robots used to have over us is at least, you know... It was pure logic. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Now, (laughs) now we have lying robots. So we've got lying robots that can navigate on their own, think for themselves, and control human minds. And due to the pressure-sensitive skin they're going to have, can even work out the exact pressure to crush our throats. So um, it's, it's doing very well. Great. So they're efficient and they can lie while they're doing it. That's right. They can uh. lie. So they can now say, no, I'm not really in your house. You can go in there quite safely and then kill you. So, <laughs> so Now, this lying is not really lying, lying yet. But basically what it was was an experiment where they had these little robots on wheels. And they would all run around and try and react with each other. And what they actually found was that over time, some of the robots would actually lie to the other ones so that they would go in somewhere where they weren't meant to go so that they could win. Basically. Oh, wow. So uh, it's, it's actually really intriguing. Go have a look at the link. The link will be in the show notes um, uh, on this post uh, for this episode. So go and have a look at that article because it is further evidence of the robot apocalypse. It is coming, I swear to you. <laughs> I am determined. All right. So now, now I've got to remember how to get back to my notes from this. Hey, there we are. Cool. It worked. All right. Cool. All right. Now, we also received uh, an email from listener Delta Knight. 
who is in our chat room right now. So thank you very much, Delta. And his email, which I do have here, he actually sent us two, have uh, a million and one links. Now, um, last week we integrated them into this show because a lot of them were tech-related. This week they are really geek-related, and uh, some of them are just wonderful. And there were so many of them that I thought, you know what, we're just going to throw all of these into the after show, Mm. and uh, we're going to geek out with him. So hopefully he'll stay in our chat room for that amount of time and stick with us, because some of these are very funny links indeed. Mm. Um, And he sent us two. uh, And and one of them, I'll just let you know, still has the word DARPA in it, so that should give you an indication right there. Uh, (laughs) Those mad scientists over at DARPA. Although this one's actually a good mad scientist. So this oh, what? No, this is a good one. This is this is a, that, that's just totally against the whole principle of a <laughs> mad scientist. Mad scientists aren't supposed to. In fact, no, I'm sorry, I'm taking that away from you. You're not allowed to call him a mad scientist. You can't be a good mad scientist. No, they are the mad scientists of DARPA. It just happens that this is one of their better inventions. Uh, <laughs> uh, it also right, helps that they're not working alone. They're actually working with NASA on it. But more of that in Geek, actually. First of all, let's state that this is going to be a slightly different. Um, Uh, tech show because we're not doing news this week at all uh, because we actually um, have two major events uh, this week. Uh, First event, of course, was, oh, look, there's a mouse pointer on the screen. Look, I can make that. Look, I can make that move. Oh there it is. wow, Ooh. that's what that is. I was it's because to peel it's it off um, the screen. No, I've got it here. It's okay. It's back over on the screen now. The reason for that is, of course, is because we're running this as a dual monitor setup and blah blah. Anyway, because I'm. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, first of all, this week uh, we're going to talk about two major events. This week, one we actually attended personally, and one we just uh, are going to report on. First one is we the one we're going to attend that we attended personally, which was of course the Nokia launch for the N8. Yeah. Now, the N8 is Nokia's new smartphone. This is what it looks like in all of its multiple colors. This is their return um, into the smartphone market. Basically, they're saying this is going to be their contender in the realm that is currently dominated by iPhone, Android, and now soon Windows Phone 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was, uh, this was their bold new strategy, according to their press release, uh, to come out with this new phone. Now, I actually happen to have, just uh, for the excitement of our uh, live viewing audience, I have one right here. It's in my hand. Um, yes, uh, can, we should probably throw out huge props to the company that actually got hold of us and invited us. Absolutely. To the, the PR department who actually held the event uh, invited us to the event. We went to it. We saw them speak. And they gave us a, a loaner phone to have a look at for a week. We have to return it to them. And I've been playing with it over the last few days. And I'm still playing with it. I've got to return it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, first uh, first uh, impressions on this phone are uh, Apple really doesn't have anything to worry about. Uh, <laughs> it would be my first impressions. Let's talk a little bit about the statistics. And I thought to talk about the statistics on uh, this phone, I thought I'd let the uh, product manager, uh, now his name has gone out of my head, something right, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to tell you because this was video that I shot at the event. So here you, he's going to just round up some of the uh, features of the phone for you. Um, slight bit of admin. Um, this is a Pentaband handset, so all of the tech specs are coming on the USB drives you'll get. Um, but what that means, it's, it's got five bands in the UMTS frequency. So for the first time ever, we've got a device that supports all of the main carriers, uh, whether the 850 or the 900 frequency. No more waiting for the 850 product to launch. There's no delays. One phone for all carriers. It's a really great position for us to be in, and it really strengthens the, the relationships we have with our, with our trade partners. Now, as Emil mentioned, it's the first of our Symbian 3 products. Now, Symbian 3 brings in a whole bunch of new features, 250 Emil mentioned, and most of those are really, really visible by the consumer. Uh, it, it's designed to be a whole lot more simple. A lot of the clicks are gone. 
uh, as Emil mentioned, we have um, flick to scroll. We've got multiple gesture input with, with pinch to zoom. And also we've got um, multiple home screens so the user can really customize the device as much as they, as much as they like. Uh, it also has enhanced memory management. Okay, is this guy boring you as much as he's boring me? <laughs> because I sat there and I watched the event and then I watched it again when I had to cut the video and I gotta tell you that's the first thing I wrote because I actually wrote up an article you can find at geekactually.com about the event and the first thing I said about it was that there was no um, passion no, about this product of... from either Emil Bach and this is Emil Bach here I've got a picture of him there he is there doing his his, uh, his speech he's actually the uh, I think he's the product manager or the general manager of Nokia in Australia and uh, and he came out and he gave his little speech and then the product manager came out and he demoed it for 15 minutes and it went on and on and on and all I gotta say is when Steve Jobs comes out and gives a keynote, like or hate Steve Jobs, like or hate Apple, that is not the issue here. He will put you into his reality distortion field, and he'll make you want to buy anything that he talks about. He no, can put a wanna... turd on, on, on no, stage it, and it, make you want to buy it. Exactly, but I, I'm not even going to be that mean to him. To be honest, the reason is, right, when Steve Jobs makes something, he loves what he is t- telling sure, you about. absolutely. And he is completely passionate about it, and that's what sells. It's the same reason that when we... You know, when we're talking about tech or whatever, it's the reason why, you know, people come to listen to us. It's that concept of really loving what you're talking about. It captures the people mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. If you walk into a room and someone's like, yeah, and I've got this phone, it's it's kind of cool, it's exciting, <laughs> it's not going to work. No one's interested in hearing you talk about something you have no interest in. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you, Dave. That I Just the whole time we were sitting there, I was just like, wow, this guy just wants to get off that stage as quickly as possible. Yeah, and look, right, so, let's, let's, so because he was so boring, let's run down ourselves what some of the features of this phone are because I think we can probably build a little bit more energy than he can. First of all, I'm going to say my screen just went dark, and that's the hazard of the iPad. All right, first of all, I'm going to say it's got, um, no, actually, I'll save that to last because that's probably the biggest selling point. Uh, 720p HD video, same as the iPhone, okay, uh, with record and playback. Um, yeah. It's a Symbian. Now, this is the, their big strategy was it's the new Symbian 3 operating system. This is, they're putting all their eggs in one basket with this thing. Uh, we'll come back to what we think about Symbian 3 in a minute. It's got HDMI out. Now, that's actually one of the killer features of this phone. On the top of the phone is a little HDMI port, and you literally plug in. Included in the packet uh, is the HDMI adapter. So no extra things you have to buy, like an Apple phone. Yeah. It comes in the packet. You plug it in. You plug your HDMI cable and bang, straight on your high-definition screen, 720p output. You see the whole desktop. You can see everything that's going on. You playback video, whatever. 5.1 surround sound, mm-hmm. straight through the HDMI cable. Great. That's a fantastic killer feature. Okay, no problem. Uh, expandable memory. It comes with 16 gig on board. Expandable to 32, I think. No, it can take a 32, which means it expands up to 40, whatever that works out to be. Okay? Mm. It's got a USB to go, another killer feature on this phone. That's actually my highlight feature of this entire phone. Okay, what is USB to go? Um, With this adapter right here, which also comes in the packet, you plug it into the USB port on the side of the phone, and then you can plug any self-powered or things that do not require external power exactly. uh, you can plug in USB keys hard drives what have you into it and it just loads up into the operating system and which you can then copy wonderful. to and back backwards and forwards which is a wonderful feature and something that no other phone has really bothered no. to put in like no. I'm not saying it's necessary it's not like a world changing feature no but it's a feature I would love 
It's a, it's a feature. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a feature I would love. It's not world-changing, but it is something that you sit there and go, this is long overdue. Yeah. Why is Well, actually, it's, it, with things like Apple, it's just a matter of the fact that they just have never actually bothered. No, and they, it they make it so the file transferring is to iTunes because they've got this obs- obsession with iTunes. The other thing I'll give it is the uh, AMOLED screen. It's the first time I've ever actually got to play with an AMOLED screen. For yeah. those who don't know what an AMOLED screen is, it means that the actual it doesn't have a backlight. The uh, pixels themselves illuminate on the screen. It's massively power-saving. Uh, it's always bright. And even when it's in standby, you'll notice that you can clearly read everything on screen because it's always illuminated because it's self-powered. Yeah. Fantastic. The only problem is the resolution isn't very high. And uh, they'll, they'll claim that it's got this wonderful resolution. And yeah, I mean, its resolution is high for a phone. But when you put it next to something like iPhone 4 with that retina display or even yeah. something next to um, some of the Android phones, uh, if you actually load a web page and make it so that the entire web page is visible in the screen, we tested this downstairs just before we came up. You can actually still make out the text on the iPhone. It's small, and you'd want to zoom up on it, but you Absolutely. can make it out. On this phone, it's just black gibberish. Yep. You can't make out what that text even is. Even if you wanted to. No, even know. if you wanted to. So it looks like, you know, when you see prop books in movies, and it's just kind of all the words are just scribbled, and so it doesn't yeah. really say anything? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so that's the downfall of this screen. I don't think the screen is as high a resolution I want. Front and back-facing cameras for chatting, obviously. Um, now, Symbian 3 is their big thing. This is the Symbian 3 operating system here. I'll put it up. On, it's, you can't really see it on the video, but uh, there are screenshots. I'll put up a screenshot for you right here. There you go. There's, that's what the Symbian 3 uh, interface looks like. They've tried to give it the whole swipe menu idea of an iPhone and an Android phone. I keep saying iPhone because it's just like shorthand. When I say iPhone, I'm also referring to the Android phones because they have very similar interfaces. Yeah. Uh, the idea that you've got your stuff on screen, you swipe left or right for extra menus. Unfortunately, Symbian 3 is restricted to only three pages. I don't know why. It's only restricted to three home screens. Probably because it's slow as hell. Yeah. And if you put more than that on there, it, I, I don't know. Other people are going to have different experiences. I've got it loaded up. I put in my social network feeds. I put in an email address. I put in the OV shop and so forth. And I just found that the whole thing is very sluggish. Mm. Um, it's uh, general feeling on the phone is it's sluggish. Now, I found the old Symbian sluggish as well. And yeah. I don't think they've really changed that. So to me, it really just feels like they've given it a facelift. Well, it's interesting because coming from a massive Nokia background, like, mm. I mean, my Well, last, me too. Was, well, yeah. But, like, even up to the point of the start of smartphones, I was still using Nokia's. Like, mm. my last phone before the iPhone was a N95. And mine was an N90. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, look, I mean... You don't notice the change in speed until you've played with something faster. Um, the second I played with your iPhone, I couldn't deal with the speed at which uh, things would load. Like, I'm so used to now clicking on something and immediately it loading and just going straight into the program. Whereas in my old phone, it would be click, click, menu, and you would just know you had to wait for two mm-hmm. seconds before it would load. And then in between that, it would be click, click, wait. And then it would and the go. problem is that Symbian 3 hasn't fixed that. No. no. It's just now, I've, we've got a question here. Somebody says, um, uh, can one of us iPhone experts or one of us Apple experts talk about the fact that they say they've been told they can uh, use it to share 3G internet uh, with a laptop? Is this true because I can't find an app to do it? Do you, are you talking about tethering? Tethering, yeah. Because if you, can't, you can tether with the iPhone. There's no problem, but you actually have to have your... And I don't understand why. This is actually not an iPhone issue. This is a server issue. And I don't understand why they charge you extra to tether. And for me, if you already have a data plan, that's just shameful. 
Yeah. However you, you want to use your data is how you should be able to use your data. Mm. And on the, Nor- on the Nokia phones, even my N90 used to be able to tether. Mm. You know, uh, for some reason on a the Androids and on the uh, iPhones, you have to pay a tethering plan, and wow. I don't know why they they do that. It's just another way of making more money. So anyway, but that, yeah, you can tether. All you got to do is if you're like if you're with um, Optus, you just go to Optus and say I want the tethering plan. I think it's an extra ten bucks or something on your monthly bill, and yeah. you get you get and you get extra data. They actually give you more data. I don't want the extra data. My data's fine. Just let me tether. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so what else do we got to say about this phone? All right, the big selling point, the thing that they kept harping on and on and on about is its camera. Yeah. Um, now, this is, this is uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to say this right up front. This is a camera with a phone tacked onto it, all yeah. right? And that's kind of one of its biggest issues. It's a 12-megapixel camera with a very large lens. It has a wonderful uh, flash, a xenon flash on it, um, and it takes wonderful photographs. I've yeah. been shooting a lot of photographs on it. As a, fo- as a f- camera, there's no complaints. I'm going to show you a sample here. This is a picture I took of my car, okay? Now, I, I know in the video it's kind of low resolution. Trust me on this. I'm going to put these up on the review. The written review for this phone will be up um, probably by Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is my car, and I shot this. This is at the widest zoom, all right? So this is just like a stock standard photograph. From the same position, all I did was zoomed up to halfway, uh, the halfway point on the digital zoom, and I got this photo of my car. Now, what you're not seeing on the video feed, but you will see when these photos go up online, is that there's no resolution drop at all. Mm-hmm. Now, normally with digital zooms, they start to pixelate and stuff like that. Then I zoomed all the way up on the car, and there's still no pixel drop on this mm-hmm. uh, at all. The camera on this phone is phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. I also took some shots, which I showed Josh, which I will put in the review, uh, which were low light shots, which I took in my driveway in the middle of the night under one fluoro light, and they're crisp. Yeah. There's one thing we have to tell people is that um, if you're not already aware, digital zoom is not like the zoom you get on a digital camera no. in the fact that uh, there is no physical lens, there is no optical drive in the system. So when you actually pull the button or press the system, it actually zooms in on the particular device. So it's actually splitting the pixels to create a fake zoom. So for it still to be able to hold its resolution at the higher... Hmm. And then once again, that comes to sensor size. Yeah. And it has a really large sensor on it, which is what's allowing it to be... Good. In fact, I've got a little bit of video here. Uh, this is our friend at Nokia again. This is where he's talking about the camera. So we'll see how long we can go on this guy. He kind of... Drags on a little bit, but I've tried to keep these videos as short as possible. So here is uh, here's when they talk about the camera. So the imaging, imaging really, as Emil said. Is- oh wait, before we go on, I should just say that um, he is doing all this through the HDMI out. Yes, exactly. Right? This so, is all live. This he is all live. Plugged it in while we were actually watching. Yeah, he came up with the phone. He plugged it in. The screen came straight on. So the HDMI out works really well. Anyway, here's the camera. So the imaging, imaging really, as Emil said, is, is one of the key standout points. But it's not about the megapixels. Yes, it's a, it's a very, very large number, but it's the entire imaging proposition that really delivers the, uh, the rewards from the, from the phone. So if we start up the camera, here we go. That's right, we're not going to make fun of too many people in the room. Um, one of the easiest things to do is to change from 9 to 12 megapixels. Simple, multiple gesture, swipe it in and out. And you can see up in the top corner, we're going from 12 to 9 straight away. So very, very easy to use. It takes it from the, from the widescreen landscape uh, into the standard 4x3 resolution. And the flashes are causing a few problems, so we'll go to something I prepared a little earlier. 
Now you've seen the images around, uh, around the room done by local photographers. Those are all untouched and shot on the N8. So we have here clearly HDMI output at 720p um, for those of you that are slightly propeller heads. But what we see here is a great um, rendition of, of the product through the, the high definition television. These are all untouched. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, it's almost over. Here we go. Let's kill, let's kill him off. All right, let's kill him off there. Let's put him out of his misery. All right, so look, but the bottom line is what he was showing was very impressive. Whether he delivered it in a substantial way or not is not the issue. The, the camera has built-in video, uh, video editing and photo editing. Uh, it's really basic stuff. He did, a, he did a demonstration of the video editing. It's like trim it down, resaves it to a new file. Yes, it's a bit quick, but, you know, really... That's it? Look, dude, in reality, man, I have programs on my iPhone 4 that can do the same thing. I guess his issue is that you don't have to download anything new. It's built right in. Although, so, to be fair, iPhone can trim a clip without any additional video editing. So I don't care, Dave. <laughs> you know how long it took me? I'm sorry, but the concept nowadays, right, and this is, why, this is one of the reasons I have such a problem with the phone, is because, um, in reality... Uh, his whole thing about not having to download anything means nothing in a new digital age. No. In the new digital age, the amount of time it would take me to pick up my phone right now and pull down Photoshop Mobile would take about seven seconds and about two inches of my brain capacity. That's true. That's true. And then I would have something ten times better than what he showed us. That's true. So, so overall, I guess you're assuming by this stage, or you can mm. guess by this stage, that we're not overwhelmed by this phone. Mm. Now... The, on the upstroke, it's a pretty phone. It's aluminium case. It's nicely built. Very light. Very, very light. In fact, we picked it up at the show and we thought, oh, there mustn't be a battery in this. And the battery was in it. Battery life is outstanding. It was on st I've used it a lot and I've only charged it once in four days. So See, that's battery life is outstanding. Now, I haven't made a lot of calls on it and that often drains a lot of battery. Uh, the problem I have with Symbian uh, 3 is it's not very intuitive at all. It took me ages to work out where stuff was and I was an old Symbian user so you know that's kind of a good effort not being able to find stuff I fired up Angry Birds the light version of Angry Birds and I thought okay let's see what this thing is T to be aware this thing only has an 850 megahertz processor as opposed to the one gigahertz processor that's in almost standard across phones now uh, Angry Birds actually lags you pull it back you fire the bird and it'll hit and then it'll just freeze for a second, then pick up again, then freeze for a second, then pick up again. And that's not good enough, quite frankly. I mean, Angry Birds is not that taxing a program, you know. That shouldn't be. I would hate to see trying to run Citadel on this thing, you know. <laughs> you know I mean, and, you know, theoretically, Citadel should uh, be able to do uh, this sort of stuff because you think about it. It has a graphics processor. Mm. The other thing we noticed was when you load up these 12 megapixel photos, there's load time. So the photo would come up and it would be all, it was like the old JPEG images online. It would be all boxy and it would actually have to snap into focus. So and I have to say that I actually, for something so incredibly based around visual concepts, like that entire phone's great features is based around its camera and its visual outputs mm. and so on and so forth. To have that happen. Yeah. And to just sit there in quality And control. this sounds like we're nitpicking, but in this day and age... If you want to be a competitor in this day and age with well, what is currently I, out there... I actually disagree, Dave, because the whole thing is, right? If this phone was $400, right, we would not be nitpicking. 
Hmm. We would be selling the crap out of it. We'd be saying, for $400, this is an amazing phone for the price. And that brings right. us to the last point, which is this is a feature phone. And at a feature phone price. Absolutely. This is an $800 phone. An $800 phone. And I think uh, one of the un- other journalists, who was a lot less polite than we were, um, said, in this day and age, with the features you've given us, and the camera being the main selling point of this phone, I can buy a camera that would do a better job for $200. And the problem is, he's right. And that's where I have a problem. Hmm. Like, I work in a store that sells cameras, and I will tell you, I can get a better camera, and it wouldn't be much more than 200 to $250. Look, and the bottom line is, it comes down to this. Megapixels don't mean anything, all right? Megapixels are about print sizes. They're about their... That's about the resolution of the size of the print. Hmm. Quality of the print comes down to glass and sensor. Absolutely. And it's still just a phone. It still has a very small piece of glass, even though it's bigger than the average phone. It still has a very small sensor, even though it's bigger than the average phone. So it will not compete on a true digital camera. You go out and buy yourself a Canon Canon or an Olympus or a Sony pocket camera. Dude, the Sony, um, there's a Sony camera with intelligent auto for $250. And I can tell you now that it would kick the crap out of that Yeah, thing. absolutely. And the thing is, so you can go out and you get yourself a feature phone on a pay-as-you-go plan for, you know, I don't know, what? 100 bucks, yeah. right? Something, you know, we're talking about a decent feature phone. We're not talking about one of those little candy bar phones. A decent phone, mm-hmm. pick up for a couple hundred bucks. You pick up yourself, even if you wanted to spend the money, the yeah. $749, go out and pick yourself up a $500 camera or a $400 camera. You're going to get a camera that will kick the crap out of this thing, okay? Yeah. If you just want one device in your pocket then this might be the way to go. But $749... not if you've played with any current-gen smartphones because that thing will just... It's going to frustrate you, you. yeah. Yeah. Look, this is... There is a market for this. I was checking the forums out uh, two nights ago, right? And the forums that go on, the ones who are really anti-Apple, the ones that are really anti the idea of being locked into anything, the ones who want Mm. customized ability, they want to be able to do, do anything with the phone... Okay, this might be for the phone. This thing will play DIVX videos out of the box. I tried them. I plugged yeah. in a USB stick with a DIVX movie on it and played the movie off the USB stick. Mm. Right? Fantastic. It'll do that sort of stuff. iPhone won't do that. All right? Yeah, absolutely. But the battery life will be better able to handle something. Like absolutely. That. And there is the saying, though, jack of all trades, master of none. And that's mm. the problem is this is a jack of all trades. It's not a master of anything. Yeah. And, and I think that really comes down to it. Um, I have one more video for you, though, because... What happened at the end of this press event was unprecedented. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, now, we sat through the entire uh, event, which was a half an hour. There was 15 minutes of a meal and then half an hour of this boring man telling us about the phone. And then they opened it to questions. And I swear it was like a pit full of vipers. I've never seen the press so hostile. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I think it should be made clear that they uh, advertised and billed this event as announcing Nokia's new uh, aggressive strategy into the smartphone market. But I reckon that that's where our problem has kind of spawned from because I reckon what what happened at that event was journalists show up that would just not bother to come. Yeah, usually. I think so. I think considering the size of the room, yeah. they weren't expecting a big event. No, no um, they weren't. It was a little event. And uh, the journalists came in, and the first thing they fired off, questions, because all of the stats, they gave us all sheets. Here, this is, uh, this is a Nokia press kit here. Um, and in the Nokia press kit, it's actually got the data sheets, mm-hmm. right? What's the one thing that they left off all the data sheets, Josh? 
processor. Processor. Then they didn't mention once anywhere what sort of processor was in this. So the first question that got fired off was, what the hell's the processor in this thing? Yeah. And when they were told it was 850 megahertz, but that didn't really matter because it was also an onboard processor. It was how they did it, and you know, all of they tried to justify that. But the bottom line is, it's slower than any other of the major smartphones out there. Uh, second question that fired off was, you know, <laughs> my, one of my favorite questions, actually. In, in fact, I think this is what this question is. When they asked about the OV store, now, if you're not a Nokia user, the OV store is like the App Store. Mm. Uh, you go into the OV store, and through OV, you also can tr- connect to all of your social networks, which is another problem because I don't want to connect through my social networks through OV. I want to connect directly through Twitter or directly yeah, through right. Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, and the question was asked. Uh, how many, because they were saying how wonderful the OV store was and had, had all these millions of users. Of course, the question came up, what is the percentage of Australian users mm. in that store? And they said, we can't answer that. And of course, the question was, why? Yeah. You know, why? Why can't we know how well Australia, Nokia is doing in Australia? He said, it's company policy. And I think that kind of set the tone for what was to come. Anyway, here's a question. Now, I'm trying to remember which one it is that I actually, I didn't want to show you guys all of the press because I didn't want to show the press themselves because it's kind of unfair to them. Just to give you a flavor of the room, this was this one guy in front of me, though, who was particularly hostile. He came in angry. Oh, yeah. He came in angry and he stood right in front of me and uh, you could just see uh, like this little black cloud above his head. Dude, it was like every time he spoke, he got a little bit closer. Yeah, he did. He was actually kind of intimidating. Um, now, he's kind of, he was in front of me, but he was had his back to me, so he's a little bit hard to hear, but you'll hear the response to his question. Here we go. I think about the issue of, issue of strategy. You've raised software as a key point. Yes. You're running behind Android. You're running behind Apple. You've got Microsoft now re-entering the market. Isn't it a case that you're actually following other competitors and you've got those competitors now saying that they're going to go to Android 2.2 and FOIA. We've got other vendors that are dropping your platform, uh, Samsung and Sony Ericsson, in favour of other platform offerings. Do you think this platform is strong enough to actually be competitive in the market against that sort of environment? Yeah, no, we certainly do. The fact well, is that... Yeah, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the uh, the fact of the matter is that you know we I think with the smartphone the smartphone category in the market we have the best imaging capabilities and none of the the products you mentioned can parallel or can come even close to the to the imaging quality we have today. That's absolutely an absolute plus we have against the other market. There's many products out there which are sort of a an equal uh, experience uh, across different different uh, user uh, needs. We have that too, but we have one outstanding uh, feature, and that's imaging, and nobody can How many people buy a phone for a camera? Well, let's, so you're saying that... You're saying you've researched this market. How many people buy a smartphone like that and spend that amount of money when they can buy an $89 and a $200 camera does the same thing? Does not the same thing as you see here today. And that's crap. But the point is that that... uh, Well, no, his answer is correct with this whole none of the phone cameras out there. No, no, the guy is saying you can go out and buy a $200 camera that can do the same thing. Because if you listen to him, he says, you know, you're behind, you're doing this, your software isn't as good, but what is your strategy? And Nokia kept coming back to exactly the same thing. We have a better camera. But you're not selling a camera. You're You're selling selling a a phone. phone. You know, and that's the thing. They kept coming back. We have the best imaging. We're the best camera. We're the best imaging. We have the best camera. Look at all the prints around the room. These are from our camera, you know? And he says, you can buy a camera to do all this. It's not the same. It won't do the same thing as these. Well, yes, it will. A camera is going to do exactly the same thing as that, you know? And so, and that was the problem was that they are marketing a camera. They're not marketing a phone. Yeah. 
And I think that's Nokia's biggest issue. Anyway, look, if you're a Nokia fanboy and you're waiting for the N8 and you only buy Nokia phones, you're not going to be disappointed. No. It's a nice camera. And you know? If you <laughs> Sorry. <10. laughs> Sorry, Freddie. It's a nice phone. <laughs> Um, And if you are the kind of person that's been dealing with phones like, say, the uh, N95 or something like that, or even the N97, um, moving up to this probably won't feel like too much of a switch. And you probably will think it's quite a good thing because you haven't seen anything else. Mm. If you are an Android using a latest Android phone or you are an iPhone user and you've been using not one of the slower, older iPhones, but one of the new iPhones, let me tell you. I went from this phone, my phone rang, I had to pick up my phone to actually make a call, and suddenly I just went, wow, the difference is staggering. Everything was smooth, it just worked, it, yeah. things flicked the way they were meant to flick, and I don't want to sound like an Apple fanboy, it's just that iOS works. It is a, it is a fast operating system. Now, one other thing that I want to say, and then we'll move on, because we actually have some Apple news too. <laughs> Speaking of being an Apple fanboy, no, uh, there was Apple announcement this week, but the last thing I will say about this is that Nokia is still in that camp, or Symbian is still in that camp where they want the operating system to do everything. And this is one of the problems. And it's the same problem that I foresee, and now I haven't actually experienced it yet, but I foresee with Windows Phone 7, which is the operating system is front and center and everything runs off of that. Whereas the Android iPhone philosophy is the operating system runs the applications. The applications do the work. Yeah. And so when you find the application that works for you, you live in that application. The yeah. operating system should get out of the way, right? Yeah. Uh, it should just run that app. So, and that kind of irks me. The idea that I can't just look at Twitter on this phone. I have to log into my OV account, which has the Twitter feed coming into it. Yeah. You know? I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want the operating system to be in charge of things, yeah. you know, and that's that's just a personal feeling. But mm. um, uh, if you are used to that environment, then that's probably for you. Mm. All right. So that was the Nokia event. I will put up a full review of the phone. Um, I've been, as I say, I've got a couple more days with them and take some more photos tomorrow. I'm going to review the phone uh, to be fair to it. I'm reviewing the phone for what they are marketing it as. Yeah. They are marketing it as a great imaging phone. So my review is going to be heavily focused on the imaging side of it. Uh, I am a photographer, so I will look at it from a photo point of view. I can already tell you from a phone point of view, it's not the phone I would buy. Yeah. Um, but uh, we will, uh, well, you know, I'll be fair to it. It's not, I'm not going to rip through it. I, I'm just can, I can only tell you what I see in using the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other event that took place this week, um, all PC users should leave the room now. <laughs> the other event that or took at place... Least shut up and keep your heckles light. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I'm a PC person as well, but I'm playing modern, monitor police here. Yeah, okay? yeah. Just, just keep it down Let's for a minute. Just let this go. And, and if, it, if, it, uh, if it does actually please you at all, I'm not actually happy about some of this. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, Apple had their announcement uh, this week. Uh, it came out of the blue, this announcement. Um, they were um, they had only had an announcement not so long ago, and suddenly they did this one. And this one was actually in their town hall at Cupertino, so they didn't even hire a hall. This was actually on their campus. They invited the press down to have a talk about a few new things that they were going to release. Uh, we'll breeze through a couple of these things because there's a couple of pretty major things in there. But first thing they announced, of course, was they went through their stats and they talked about how wonderful they were and how many units they've sold and how much money they have. And that's all great, and we like to see the state of it, but you can go look all that up. We don't need to go through all that again. They did announce iLife 11. 
um, which is their new update to the iLife suite. So if you are a Mac user, you probably are familiar with the iLife suite. They did some new things. I got to say that one of the things that they actually talked about a lot, Josh, was full screen, full screen, full screen, all these full screen modes. And all I can think is, really, that's a feature? Coming from a Windows background, we full screen all the time, you know? Oh, no, I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, really, that's that's what you're going to try? Wow, that's so 1990. <laughs> you know, it's Put like, on them, though, for trying. Yeah, about it's time. Nice to play catch up. Yeah, the, the, let's get into the full screen mode because they do everything in Windows. But anyway, so full screen was a big thing. iPhoto now goes full screen and so forth. Um, they also did some work to the new iMovie 11 as well. Um, Now, iMovie 11, the two things that they added that were the significant things they added was audio editing, which all I can say is about time. Um, Now, if you use any of their pro apps or semi-pro apps, you can get in there and manipulate the audio by playing with the rubber bands. They finally started doing some of that with the... um, iMovie suite, and I've got some video I'm going to play. You'll probably hear a little bit of sound, but uh, I'm dropping the volume out. Uh, So here he is. This is him demonstrating the audio editing um, in iMovie, and it's actually really sweet the way he does it. Um, I I would like to see this feature actually incorporated into something like Final Cut, because with Final Cut, it's all about putting nodes and you manipulate the rubber band, Mm. whereas here, he literally just selects a part of the waveform and just drags it, and he can just drag the volume up and down within his selection, which is such a elegant way of doing it and, and you sit there and you sit there and go wow why wasn't that thought of before <laughs> you know? um so uh, i do like the the audio editing features and the other thing that he added to it which i don't have video of because it went on for quite some time and it's a gimmick i understand that before the chat room starts jumping up and down saying oh yeah it's such a such a toy iMovie is a toy, all right? That's, yeah, that's not, absolutely. iMovie not is, for serious editing. And I was actually listening to coverage of the, of the uh, announcement, and they were saying, oh, this is just such a stupid feature, and you can do all this with uh, other editing software. It's like, and the point that they were trying to make was that it would take a lot longer to do in other ed- editing software. Absolutely. And mom and dad, who know nothing about editing, here's the highlighting and dragging um, on the video you're watching now. But mom and dad don't know how to do all that stuff. And one of the features they added was called, something called movie trailers. And basically what it does is it creates an animated uh, storyboard. Uh, you select one of 15 preset things, and we're going to see these all over YouTube. And you literally just drag your clips into the storyboard, and it turns your movie into a movie trailer, complete with customized soundtrack recorded by the London Symphony Orchestra and the whole bit. And it's really cute. I would never see a practical use for this, but for mom and dad doing their home movies, it's fun, you know? Oh, and let them play with And let them play with their stuff, and that's fine. Uh, the bigger part of the announcement, though, was after they talked about um, the iLife suite, they then did a preview of next year's operating system. Now, this is where uh, we get into some issues about where I don't like the direction that they might be heading in. Now, hear me out on this because uh, my first thoughts on this when I first saw the announcement of Lion, OS X Lion, which is coming out summer next year, I thought, cool. That's some really good stuff. One of the, and, and here's the real key point to this, is that they're introducing um, uh, an app store for the Mac. Now, at first glance, this sounds like such a great idea. Okay, you have all, and Microsoft has even toyed around with this idea as well. The idea of having a unified store where you can just go in and buy little applications from it. And it would work very similar to iTunes. It wouldn't be in iTunes. It is actually its own standalone store, which is actually to its credit. Um, And basically, for now, now, absolutely. Once again, we see, I think Josh is on the same wavelength as me. We see in a few years where this might be heading. Now, we know Steve Jobs is a control freak. No, really? No, we know Steve Jobs is a control freak. Okay, we know that he 
doesn't like the openness. And when I say this, people are going to laugh and say, it's not open at all. Hear me out. The openness of the Mac platform in the sense that anybody can write a piece of software for the Macintosh, just like they can write a Windows piece of software. You write a program, you put it on your website, people download it, they can install it, right? Simple mm-hmm. as that. Absolutely. Anybody can write a piece of software. There's no rules as such, right? It's the Wild West out there. And Steve Jobs hates that. He likes the controlled environment of iTunes. He likes the controlled environment of the App Store where he can say, we're purging out all of these apps because they don't fit my moral compass, right? Or whatever it might be. So his compass in general. His compass in general. So think about this. We put uh, an App Store onto the Mac, and at the moment what they say is you can still install software the old-fashioned way. You can buy stuff on disk and what have you. But there will also be an App Store. So if you want to peruse it, you can find a way of discovering new apps and stuff like that as well. And basically it's going to take that entire download page, I imagine, from the Apple website and put it into a store is what it's going to do. Absolutely. And it's going to be the same 30-70 split to Apple that the iTunes store is and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And all that's fine and it all makes sense. And I, when I heard the announcement, I went, you know, the Steve Jobs reality distortion field, I went, yeah, that all sounds great. Then you start thinking about it, going, what happens in a few years? So, okay, it's a success. People are buying their apps and Steve Jobs in a couple of years says, you know, we want to like you know tidy up everything. It makes much more sense to keep everything in one place. So we're going to lock down the Mac so you can only sell through yeah. the App Store, right? No, dude. I, I actually was having a think about this, though, um, yesterday. And I have come up with one thing which would make me think that this will never happen. Okay. Mac, we've already talked about the fact that Mac's market share has tipped very far over. Well, according to the statistics he said at the announcement, they're actually 20% of the U.S. market. According to something else I heard, they said 10. So yeah. let's, Dude, put it somewhere, way, let's put it somewhere in between. Way, we know that money-wise, them and Microsoft, they've basically taken that. We're sitting there with them teetering both ways, yeah. right? If you tried to drop something like that, if you even tried that, I will tell you now the government would come down on you so hard over Monopoly immediately. You can't but no, do that. but you can't because Monopoly would say that there's no competition. So if, if Apple did that, they no, could argue no, you could be no, on a Windows because, machine. Because, Dave, it is Monopoly. Because the second you do that, the only way you can do it is to run through and pay a percentage to them. Or no go develop for a Windows machine or a Linux machine. There is competition. And that's how they get away with this shit. No, but look, it didn't work for, it didn't work for Microsoft, dude. Well, Mac they have no while. Yeah, it did. Mac, they, was, Mac was there. Linux was still there. Their operating systems never come under uh, an anti-competitive issue. It's their browser that came under an anti-competitive position because they built it into the operating system. Their argument has always been that there's competition. This is why Microsoft has never eliminated Apple. They've had the opportunity to do it a couple of times. Mm. They've never eliminated Apple. Why? They need Apple to be there. They need that competition. You know, And now it's kind of backfired on them because, of course, Apple is growing at leaps and bounds. But let's face it. In 1995, mm. Microsoft could have swallowed Apple, mm-hmm. right? And they didn't. Why? In, in, fact, in, fact, in fact, they bought part of Apple. And they propped them up. <laughs> they, it was like Weekend at Bernie's. They had this corpse sitting next to them. And they went, see, we have competition. It's sitting right beside me. <laughs> and they put its hand on a string to wave. <laughs> oh, man, it's 
it's sad when you look back and actually <laughs> think about that, isn't it? I mean, that was the state of affairs in 95. I mean, we're talking pre-jobs coming back to it. Apple was at the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, it was just a disaster. Guys, seriously, what were you thinking? What were you <laughs> created? So, yeah. It so, came back to life and stormed after them. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Microsoft helped prop it up. Steve Jobs came back. And now, like a zombie apocalypse, it's coming forward to take over the rest of the world. So I think Microsoft, they needed it. And they still need it. Uh, I don't think they can point at Linux as being a viable piece of competition. They can point at Apple. Yeah, and say, right, there's enough. viable competition. Anyway, so I see, I see this. And look, they've even gone so far. This is some of the features here. I'm going to play some video here. Uh, once again, we'll play it without audio. Uh, if you want to go watch this keynote event, you can find it at apple.com. But check this out. This is their concept. This is where they're going. So they're basically, oh, no, this is the multi-touch thing. Hold on, here we go. This is what... We don't think that they're heading in the iPad territory. So now we go to Grand Central, and he says, this is our new operating system. You use it the way you want to. Or hit Grand Central, and <gasps> looks a little bit like an iPad display to me. Not only does it look like an iPad display, you manage it the same way. So you can actually drop an icon on another one to create a folder and do all of the stuff that you would do if you were on an iPad. They are heading more and more in that direction. And he does a sample of the App Store where he clicks on it and basically just downloads a copy of Pages to his desktop. You know, and it's like, wow, I don't know. I think uh, Apple better be careful about their strategy of which direction they're heading with. I mean, I like the Mac environment. I don't want iPad on my desktop. <laughs> I have an iPad for that purpose. You know, So I don't know. Overall, the entire announcement was just a little bit... Uh, um, like the Nokia event, it was all a little bit ho-hum because I sat there watching it going, I don't know if the, any of this is what I need. And then the one more thing came. Now, the one more thing in this particular event was, quite frankly, something that I thought they were going to kill. <laughs> um, and that was the new MacBook Airs. Now, I want to point out that when he announced the iPad, he actually said Apple wasn't going to make netbooks. Yeah. He actually said that netbooks were underpowered and slow and we didn't need them, right? And so what does he do? He goes and, re- he goes and releases an 11-inch MacBook Air. Yeah. Everything we've learned has come down to this. Really? Really? I mean, it's tiny and it's pretty. And it's all unibody, and it's all aluminium, and it looks lovely. You know, it's car- one the next generation of MacBooks. It's one carved piece of aluminium. It's tiny, you know, but and and its base price starts at nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Now, funnily enough, I want to point this out because uh, not in, in Australia, store, by the way. Wo- working in a store uh, that I will disclose at this stage, everybody will know currently that the dollar is almost identical to America. I think it's 98 Enjoy cents. Enjoy paying an extra $2, uh, $200 to get that device. Okay, but first of all, you've got to add your 10% GST, so that's going to be an extra 100 bucks right there, because 1000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Add your 10%, so that's 100 right. bucks so right 1, there. $1,100, I could deal with that. $1,100, and then there seems to be some strange 5% import tax that Apple charges on everything, oh, so we bring it up to about... 15%. But still, why is there that extra? That's the question. I, I don't know. It, it seems even stupider to me because of this, relaunch, uh, this launch of the newest product out of the range, all of the other ones have gone down. That's so interesting. the white MacBook is now 1197. So what price is the 11 inch? 1197. Hmm. What the hell? Yeah, that no, just doesn't understand. make any sense. I don't sense understand their pricing. Let's see, Look. 11 inch versus a 13 inch. The only thing I will give it is that the new one is running a dual core processor. 
um, which is a quite a bit faster than the original. And yet, Northey says three times the price of a netbook. If you want a netbook of the equivalent speed you can't and get quality, it. well, all right. No, a- you can't get no, it. No, you can't get it. Okay, because this is running a Core 2 Duo processor to start with. But Core 2 Duo, 2 gigs of RAM and a solid-state drive. Sorry, no netbook even no, comes right. close and to that. And your highest-range netbook is still 600 bucks, 700 bucks. So uh, Yeah, and those? 1 gig of RAM, Atom processor. Yeah, so it's not three times the price of a netbook. I mean, this thing is still much more powerful than any netbook, but it is netbook size. Absolutely. And you look at it and go, so they have created a netbook... A very powerful netbook, granted, but it created a netbook. I still don't see a market for it. (laughs) This is the part that gets me, and this is the part that I wanted to bring up, which is MacBook Air is one of those things that they completely superseded by bringing out the iPad. They they killed their own market by bringing out the iPad. Mm -hmm. And so you sit there and go, if they hadn't brought out the iPad, but they brought out a $999 MacBook Air, I would have been first in line to buy the goddamn thing. All right, But they've already got the iPad. The iPad already does everything that I want as a mobile computer. Mm. You're not going to do any real computing on a MacBook Air. It's not that powerful. It's not fast enough to do the stuff that I want to do. General web surfing and stuff, yeah, fine, perfect. I'll use my my MacBook for it. Uh, Sorry, I'll use my my iPad for it, Mm. you know? So I don't understand... They're marketing on this. All I can think is it's for those rich executives mm. who travel a lot by first class and they want to have a laptop to actually write their proposals and stuff on so they have a full-size keyboard. Fine. That's who it's aimed at. But that's a really niche market, you know? Yeah. Well, um, dude, the, to be fair to them, though, the air always was. It was, and I've, it's a niche I've never understood. But I, I will give them credit for the fact that they finally brought the price down into a reasonable price frame. Uh, the, I mean, the air has always been way overpriced and way underpowered. And I actually thought that I haven't refreshed it in over a year. I thought they were going to kill it. I really did think they were going to kill it. And to come out with this refresh was just bizarre. Yeah. It's a bizarre move. Yeah, look, I mean, to be honest, Dave, I'm with you. Uh, I actually think it's such a stupid piece um, of time to release this device because the whole concept is as someone that's working on the shop floor at the moment, selling iPads is actually a job. You have to tell people how mm. they work and explain to them that you can do everything a netbook can do and you can write your proposals and you can do your emails and your things and stuff like this but you have to explain that and you have to show people the concept of how that works why because it's a new period of time it's an open piece of their market which this fits perfectly into which is why people walk straight to that apple table and actually take a look at the device in the first mm. place because they're going well how does this work why has Apple put investment in this? Because people know Apple is out for quality. So they know that hmm. this is a possibility. Yeah. So they walk over and they look at it. But you have to sell it to them. You throw an 11-inch MacBook into the mix, you lose a percentage of that people that could very easily do it. Very easily take that device and very easily take a device that you were trying to market. Hmm. And it's just very strange. Although it must be working for them because they've sold how many Mac, how many iBook? Uh, what's what's, what's uh, the thing I called? I don't even want it. An iPad Nest? They've yeah. sold millions of these sons of bitches and yeah. they still can't keep up, you know? So obviously, and once again though, they're selling millions of them in the States. Yeah. Once again, it comes down to the, the Apple market has always been, been much bigger in the United States than it has anywhere yeah. else in the world. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, have we got any chat on any of this that we should bring up? Uh, I'd rather go for the 13-inch. Yeah, but do you know what the problem with the 13-inch Delta Knight is? And this is why they've released the 11-inch. is because on your standard economy air flight now, yeah. you can't open a 13-inch laptop mm. anymore. Yeah. They're so cramped that 
you can't get the screen open. The 11 inches open perfectly. Yeah. And netbooks open perfectly. This is what they're marketing for. They're marketing to the traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, I, I tried to open my laptop on the last time I flew and I gave up. Yeah. It was pointless. You know, it was just a pointless exercise. And this yeah. is where iPads, netbooks, and so forth go. This is all the uh, mass market traveler. Yeah. Um, because anything over anything over Mer- Merlin Mann on MacBreak Weekly was was bemoaning the fact that he didn't have his I think it was a 12 inch was it originally a 12 inch MacBook mm. before they went Intel I think they had a 12 inch model and he said that that was the perfect size for traveling yeah and they did they took that away from him and made it all 13 inch and 13 inch was just too big and so he's been bemoaning that fact well now now they brought, they brought the 11. They brought the 11. I don't mean that meanly. No, no, not way. meanly at all. But they brought the 11 inch back, and it's for travelers. That's who it's yeah. for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delta Knight says he can't get the tables down anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. I feel for you. I feel exactly the same way. You put the table down, and it's like, oh, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> I can barely get the seatbelts around me. Are you kidding? <laughs> I hate economy class domestic i really do all right well that's it that's that's all i've got for you that, that was our two major events this week one was really uninspiring and the other one was moderately uninspiring <laughs> so, so, so it hasn't been a great week for tech let me tell you i think the most in- impressive thing about today was uh the lying robots <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Oh yes, uh, yes. dear. Anyway, um, so let's let's wrap this up. We got we got to get into a film show. We got Celine Roberts joining us for the film show. As we've said in every show since we've started, if you agree or disagree with us, or you have links to share, like Delta Knight, and please feel free to share anything. We may not always do your links, but we are always looking at them. Okay, and sometimes we may look at them and get a nice chuckle. Sometimes we'll share them on the show. It all depends on what we've got planned and so forth. Don't take offense if they don't go on the show. They might go in the following week. Who knows? Okay? But if you have anything that you want to send to us or you see something, we can only look at so much throughout the week, and it's great having you guys out there scouring all the other websites. So uh, you can send that to geektechgeekaxi.com, or you can drop us a voicemail at 02-801-13167. By the way, I really like this. Um, It's like having a teleprompter in front of me. Sorry, this is this paperless thing going on here. Um, now, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a fan page, facebook.com. Oops, I've just changed my page. Facebook.com forward slash geek. Actually, I know this by heart. I don't know why I'm reading it. Sorry? Apps. Oh, apps. Shit. I apologize, guys. We completely went straight past one of our sections. We'll do this very quickly. We're actually running a little bit over. All right, Josh, we're going to do our app picks of the day. I've only got one. I've got two, but one uh, one's real and one's not. So well, Really? I've got much more than one. Oh, well, you Hit us with one, Josh. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, no. How about we get your one out of the way? First? All right. We'll get mine out of the way. Look, I like doing puzzles. Mm-hmm. All right. I've always been a bit of a, a crossword, uh, not crossword puzzle. What's it called? Uh, jigsaw puzzle person. Mm-hmm. But the problem with jigsaw puzzles is that there's a million pieces and you've got to have table space. And I've got a cat and I've got an 11-year-old. And you can imagine. It's yeah. too hard to do. Katie and I used to do puzzles all the time. And so I've been looking for a good jigsaw puzzle program. And the problem with I have is, yeah, some of them are fun. Like I played with art puzzles and I played with jigsaw puzzles. These are other ones. But the pieces always come out. They're always oriented the right way to start with. So there is no challenge to that. All you got to do is kind of look for the right shape and drop them in. And generally, they only go up to about 48 or 90 pieces. And so you can polish yeah. them off in you know 15 minutes. So I've been looking for a good jigsaw puzzle. And I found one called Super Puzzle. Yeah. Um, now, it's not free. It actually cost, I think it was $4.99 or $5.99. And basically, it allows you to put your own images in or use the preset images. And you can actually determine how big the puzzle is to start with. Um, I'm working on one at the moment that I created myself that's 500 
pieces wow. and it's taking me a nice good time to do it and I, I spent like three hours on it last night and I've only just got the whole border out and the other thing I really love about this program is the fact the pieces are not oriented you actually get to rotate them so when you drag them onto the thing you have to spin them you kind of have to look oh, wow. around okay. so it's that like is a, it is like cool. a full jigsaw puzzle um, and I love that I, I'm having a lot of fun with it and I do recommend it it's a bit buggy Mm. Um, uh, I'm hoping updates will fix it. If you work on it for a long time and you're trying to do stuff, sometimes it'll just drop out like the program just crashes. Yeah. When you fire it back up, though, it always holds your position. And that's the other thing I love about it is you can work on a puzzle, say, I'm tired now, stop it, come back to it later, and it tells you what percentage you're up to and it puts it right back to where you were. That is fair. Um, and yeah. you can work on multiple puzzles at the same time. So yeah. I really like that one. And the other one I was going to mention is actually not really a game at all. Mm. And Josh also discovered this. It was like moment of discovery for both of us. Mm. Um, and that's this program here, and I don't know how well this is going to oh, show up. Oh, stealing my ones. I told you I was doing this one. This is Tesla. Oh, oh right. No, no, no. This is, te- this yeah, is yeah. Tesla. Uh, I don't know how well you're going to be able to see this. This is called Tesla Toy, and basically it is just a particle simulator that doesn't really do anything except for play with particles, and there's a whole bunch of particles on screen, and as you move your hands around, you can make it do all sorts of things. And the thing is, it doesn't do anything other than that, but it's mesmerizing. And it's also really well built. It's really it's, built. It's not just a five-second toy that they've tried to push out and make lots of money from. It's actually really, really well made. It's really, really well made. It's absolutely free. So just look up Tesla Toy, and it'll give you hours of... The, both of these are both iPad, by the way. And a Tesla Toy will give you hours of just sitting there meditating yeah. while moving your fingers around the screen. Josh, your turn. All right, cool. Well, look, um, this... Uh, this week, I have three that are iPad because obviously I've been doing an iPad binge because I have just recently got an iPad, um, but I also have one which is both iPhone and iPad. Uh, it's not a dual system one, but it will, of course, run on an iPad, and I'm going to load it onto my iPad because it will be a lot of fun. Now, my first one is one that we are now using for the show. This is basically where we got oh, the concept. Yes of um, uh, Paperless, which is the most amazing app you will get on um, uh, the iPad to date, which is Goodreader. If you haven't already got it, um, get it, because basically this is a, a PDF reader that does so much more. The PDF reader itself uh, will not only allow you to uh, store and run and read all of your PDFs, it also has the ability uh, with an inbuilt web browser to actually go find them and download them, which is something you've never been able to do before on the actual device. Uh, you can manage and put them in folders and all that sort of stuff. It's all ability. There is all an ability to download it from the device. And what makes it especially cool is when you actually have it load up and you're actually using it for show notes, the other thing that it will allow you to do is actually click on the links actually inside the thing, and it will then load them in a web browser without actually leaving the program. Which you can then just back out, which is what made us do the show paper-free, because the biggest problem we've had doing paper-free yeah. is that as soon as you click a link, it drops the PDF reader, opens your web browser, you do yep. that, then you've got to close that, go back to PDF reader, and each one of these steps is going to and be And another delay. amazing thing, I'm not sure whether you've actually played with this yet, is um, I downloaded to the device, because I couldn't be bothered going getting them from the computer, all four of the Left 4 Dead comics, which are on Left 4 Dead's blog. Um, but I downloaded that using Goodreader so that I could actually get them on the device. But then it has a button which allows you to offload it into any other program on the device. So you can put it in iBooks. You can put it into USB disk. You can chuck it into any device that will actually do uh, that. Delta 9 is called Goodreader. Yeah. He's saying which is the one we're talking about. Yeah. Goodreader. Goodreader. 
Um, it is just an absolutely amazing app. Which and I'm I've surprised. actually avoided Goodreader up until now because every time I see it in the app show, I, I'm thinking it's an RSS reader. Actually, it's a terrible even, name. Exactly. And we haven't got to any of the decent things. Like the other things about it are you can underline, you can highlight, you can add notes yes. to the The annotations, uh, the notes. You can draw pictures, you can write stuff on the front of your uh, PDF. So it's just absolutely amazing. Hmm. It's just it for two dollars fifty. It is the best app I've. Yeah, bought. It's, it's one of the best things I've bought this week on Josh's on Josh's yeah. um, word. And I looked at it, and as soon as I got it, I went, "Oh my god, this is what I've been looking for to be able to do this show without Absolutely. having." Because I print out every single week. I print out all the notes and everything so that we have it all in front of us. And this just is like this is what we wanted. This yep. is the ability to do this. So. Absolutely, and um, that's a really really good one. Um, my second one is a free one. I'm the kind of person, uh, obviously, because I write a lot um, that. Just just loves to write down little notes, uh, little introductions, little things, and I just, you know, I'll have a few things to say in a day. Uh, I found a program called My Journal. It's just My Journal. Oh, I've seen that one it's kicking free. around too. Um, it's not on the front page. It's not on, you know, Best Buys or anything like that. Um, but if you find that uh, it is just, it opens up like a normal diary. Um, but you can add little uh, post-it notes onto a page. You can throw pictures, which will have the cute little... Oh, that's cool, because I was about um, to say, what would be the difference between that and just the note-taking yeah, app that's Absolutely. There? You can throw the pictures on, and the pictures can have little words written underneath them and all that sort of stuff. But um, it's got that and stickers and stuff like that. It's just a great way to just throw your mind thoughts just onto page. Cool. And just whenever I have a thing, I was thinking about Steve Jogs becoming basically... Uh, um, Darth Vader and, and whether I would choose Darksider <laughs> or go Rebel um, and I just wrote up a little note and chucked it on a piece of paper and those are all there and they're all dated and you can have multiple pages for You always day. go Darkside they've got cookies. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Alright, but yeah, my two games for this week. I'm sorry Dave, I know we're going long. That's um, right. Number uh, one. Callison says they always recommend Adobe Photoshop Express. Absolutely, yeah. everybody yeah, should have that. We've absolutely got that. Yeah. That was one of the first ones I downloaded. Um, in games... I have one for iPad. Uh, it is $6, so it's not a cheap app. Um, I said when this game came out, um, back when the first iPhones existed, I said that this game is destined, destined for iPhone. And it just never happened. And I was so upset because the game lends itself entirely to the concept of touch. Yep. It first came out on a DS. Um, then it was ported to Steam, where a lot of people have bought it from there. And then I was searching through on the very terrible iTunes uh, store for apps, which we all know via mm-hmm. the pad. I came across it, and I literally woke up woke up Celine. I was actually like, babe, 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 they've got it. <laughs> um, I was very excited because Puzzle Quest is perfect for the iPad. And um, I bought it for $6, and it has just sucked the time out of me. Um, <laughs> I have literally been playing it since uh, it came out, and I went to sleep very late because of it last so night. So Puzzle Quest, is Puzzle it? Quest HD. It is the right. HD version, so it's the actual full one. I absolutely recommend you guys go out and get that one. The other one, which has just dropped today, I believe today, uh, today or yesterday, um, which is getting amazing reviews, um, there was a game. It was the first game I ever bought on my iPhone that I got. Um, which was a game called Cartoon Wars. And Cartoon Wars was a great game, really simple, but they just kept adding to it. Mm-hmm. They just threw in new levels, new weapons, new things, and it was just so immersive and so um, uh, like engaging that you just kept playing it over and over again. I got up to like level 300 or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, they've just released the sequel, Cartoon Wars 2, and they have just amped it up ridiculously. Now it's more of a war sim, so you go through and you fight battles, and during the battles you fight the actual battle, and then you actually <laughs> fight the individual fights, which go back to the original Cartoon Wars thing. It has just 
blowing out of the um, blowing out of the water everything. Don't bother writing them down. I'll just email them. No, let's say I need I need the names of all these apps for the web posts. Yeah, so, so guys, um, that one is actually an iPhone <laughs> app. It is only a dollar nineteen. They are celebrating its release, so get it while it's still really really cheap. Um, but I advise everybody to go out and get that one because trust me, number one was an incredibly good game and it went back to those initial standpoints that you played games for. Uh, number two will just blow that out of the water. I picked app. up a new one on, it's actually not my app of the week, but I will just mention, I picked up a new one on uh, free app of the day or fad. If you guys haven't got fad, make sure you go out and get fad. I picked up one this week called uh, Gravity Racer 2 on the iPhone, not mm. the iPad. I wish it was on iPad actually because it would be a lot of fun. Um, but that was actually a lot of fun. It's a racer. It's a, it's a racer game, but it's like one of those classic ones where you fly through the track and you've got <laughs> rockets and all sorts yeah, of yeah. stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, awesome. And Cut the Rope is being mentioned Yes, uh, Cut the Rope was last week's. So yeah, yeah. For me. Um, Delta Knight um, wasn't here last week. I started it on the iPad. Um, I did not buy the HD version, though. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Now let's go back to let's go back to our bookkeeping here. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go out and get um, Puzzle Quest. I think it sounds good. Yeah, Puzzle Quest uh, is really fun. Geek Tech at geekactually.com. Send your recommendations. We'd like to hear yeah, about all your absolutely. recommendations We've had as well. Some coming through in the chat room. We always love that. But, uh, problem yeah, the, the problem I have with the chat room, guys, is that it's 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 transient. Yeah, it, it, it's all great when we're doing the show, but then I forget everything that was mentioned. So if you want it to, if you want it to have meaning, send it to me. <laughs> um, agree or disagree with us, or recommend something, or you found a link that you think could be interesting, or you just have some. You want our advice on something, whatever. Geektech at geekactually.com, voicemail at 02801131167. And just remind again, because, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people hitting it, but nobody's actually purchased anything, and that's fine. But go and have a look at it at least, uh, which is that we have new T-shirts and all sorts of mugs and all sorts of wonderful stuff um, over at cafepress.com.au forward slash geekactually. We just put in an order for some stuff, so we'll be able to show some stuff off here on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, our our fan page, facebook.com forward slash geekactually. And you can follow me personally at uh, twitter.com. David McVeigh uh, is my Twitter handle. And please, I like, I like having friends. Friend me. Um, now, uh, I don't do a lot of personal Facebooking, so there's no point in friending me on Facebook. But friend me on Twitter. Not a problem. Now, Josh, I believe you are involved in some other little show that you might like to talk about. <laughs> um, uh, we have a website called rawdlc.com. Uh, it is DLC Live. It is the name of the web place. We have uh, news, reviews, gaming. Dave has been an absolute maniac continuing on through this week, uh, writing up a whole lot of stuff. We had Brad from Movie Fanhouse write us Big an Brad. article um, uh, talking about the American state of things, and he has agreed to... Uh, kind of act as an American correspondent for American-based things that we might miss over here. Hey, Brad, why aren't you writing for me? Uh, <laughs> it just happened this thing sparked him. I think, you know... Uh, no, I'm joking. Reviews will be few and It was actually a good article. Me. I read it. Yeah. It's a good article. Um, so, uh, guys, head over and check out that. We also have a live show which goes out Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. That's Australian time. Work it out. <laughs> Work it out. I like that. All right. We also have two other shows that we really sh- would be remiss if we didn't mention, which is, of course, our Film Actually show, which is about to come up on our live feed right now, uh, which we have to make way for. Uh, you can find that at Film Actually uh, on iTunes if you want to listen to the audio show. Or if you want to watch the video show but you can't join us on a Saturday, just remember we repost – all of the replay videos on geekactually.com mm. on the Sunday that the shows go up, we put up a post that says replay and it has all three shows 
as in video form, so you can always catch up. If we recorded the show, it is on geekactually.com. We also have an after show, which is our Geek Actually after show, which is just kind of our geek out. Sometimes we talk about films, sometimes we talk about tech, sometimes we talk about big sandwiches, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever comes to mind. We talk about a lot of, lot of funny things. Yeah, we try and have it as, as rule-free as possible. It's just kind of our 45 minutes of wind down at the end of the day where we just talk about crap. Um, and we kind of have fun with that. So, and we do that every week as well. And you can find that on iTunes or on geekactually.com. All of our back catalog is available on geekactually.com. iTunes only holds the last 20 episodes, but you can always go to geekactually.com and find all of this stuff. And I think uh, with the exception of one shout-out to our friend who did all our new cover art that you've been seeing popping up on screen, which is, of course, Josh Spencer over at SpennyTunes. You can find him at attackninja.blogspot.com. Hire him today to do your artwork because he is fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure he he would appreciate the business. <laughs> and all of his artwork is on our new T-shirts. Did I tell you that as well? So, so you can have a look at the artwork on T-shirts and mugs. But we're going to get out of here, Josh. I think we've got to make way for this film show. Yep. Uh, coming up in the film show this week, we are going to be doing uh, The Town, the Ben Affleck film. Um, and we've got a new list of five, which is going to be five great heist movies. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll be doing that as well. That yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. So we're going to get out of here. I'm going to say goodbye. And Josh is going to say goodbye. Goodbye. And we'll see you all next week.